Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. A great good afternoon to you and yours. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tuesday, January 24th, the year 2023. Hope you're having a spectacular day. The weather's supposed to get a little bit tricky. It's colder. The rains are coming. The wind is going to gust. So just be careful as you're out and about. But thank you for dialing us up. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studio, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. It's right there on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area and want to put a face to the voice, you can, because we're simulcast on television. Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Before we get to the headlines of the day, a couple of occurrences that happened on this day, January 24th, way back in 1956, the sixth NBA All-Star Game was played in Rochester War Memorial Coliseum in New York. The West beat the East 108-94. to The significance, former LSU great, NBA great Bob Pettit of the St. Louis Hawks was named the MVP. Fast forward a few years later, January 24th, the year 2010. A lifelong of misery for New Orleans Saints fans finally came to an end. Snap, placement, kicked by Hartley, and it is, it is good! It's good! It's good! <laughs> Pigs have flown! Hell is frozen over! The Saints are on their way to the Super Bowl! A 31-28 overtime win over the Minnesota Vikings. Garrett Hartley with the kick heard around the Saints world. And uh, all those years of aints and bags and, oh, my goodness, came to a screeching halt. Of course, the Saints went on to win the Super Bowl later on over the Indianapolis Colts and um Peyton Manning and company. Uh, before we get to the headlines, I, I, I got some news today, and I, I've got to share my thoughts on it because um, 11 years ago, my boss took a stab in the dark, came to Baton Rouge. We met. We chatted. And we struck a deal for me to start doing radio in the Lafayette area. For 44 years, he was in the radio business. He brought sports talk radio to Lafayette and surrounding areas. 
Good for Chuck Wood, who announced today that effective February 28th, he's going into the land of retirement. No one deserves it more. Tough, but fair, honest to a fault, was always available when you needed him. Um, No one deserves to walk off into the sunset and spend time with his beautiful wife, his children, his granddaughter, and uh, the music that he loves and the game of golf that he adores. Chuck Wood. Uh, We came in together basically around 11 years ago, and uh, I thank you, and I wish you all the happiness in the world, as maybe you can sleep in a little bit later now, um, and, and that would be great. Congratulations from all of us here to you on your retirement. That is terrific. Terrific. Well done. Job well done. Um, All right. And then there were two. Only two unbeatens in women's college basketball. Iowa took care of Ohio State last night, leaving only South Carolina and LSU in the land of the undefeated. LSU went into Tuscaloosa and cruised to an 89-51 road win over Alabama. Not only did LSU extend its best start in program history to 20-0, Angel Reese broke former Tiger great Sylvia Fowles' LSU record with her 20th consecutive double-double. Below her average, but still 14 points, 14 rebounds. Four Tigers scored in double digits. LSU held Alabama to its lowest scoring total of the season. This team is big, so they crash the boards and they dominate on the glass. Ladasia Williams, if she can keep this up, wow. She had 17 points, hauled in 10 rebounds, and Jasmine Carson uh, made four threes, leading the team with 20 points. All said and done, it was uh, quite the performance by LSU as they out-rebounded Alabama 49-37. Uh, They had only 15 turnovers and nine steals. They blew the game wide open in the second frame, outscoring Alabama 28 to seven. And that was all she wrote. So, With Ohio State losing, LSU will move up to number two in the rankings when they come out. They've got a a week off before um, they resume action, and they take on the Tennessee Volunteers, which ought to be a great game. It's the whiteout game. It's on Monday. Um, It's on ESPN2 in the PMAC. It's the whiteout game. LSU's looking for the second sellout of Coach Mulkey's LSU career, and I guarantee to you they will get it so that's terrific meanwhile um the men are back in action tonight and trying to get out of this disastrous mode um remember they opened up sec play with a victory over arkansas they were one and oh they were rolling well, they've lost six straight since then. This will be their first SEC rematch of the season. It's at Bud Walton Arena. It's at 6 o'clock this evening. You can listen to the ball game right here on the game. Pre, uh, pre-game at 5.30 tip is at 6. Um, they beat Arkansas 60-57 in late December. Um, so we shall see. 
we shall see what happens. LSU's got again, it, it's not brain surgery. Um, it's not brain surgery. When LSU beat Arkansas in December, they held the Razorbacks to 16% shooting from behind the arc. <laughs> the chances of that happening again are slim and none, and slim has long gone left the building. So that's not going to happen. LSU is going to have to shoot the ball exceptionally well. John Brady, the former LSU Tiger coach and the color analyst on the LSU Sports Radio Network, will join us in just a few minutes to give us his preview of the game. The Pels are back in action tonight. Um, and this is a team also that um, struggling to say the very, very least, but they have a three game homestand. Good news is that Brandon Ingram is back playing five on five. Don't know if he'll play tonight, maybe against Minnesota on Wednesday. Ali Cassell from At The Bird Rights will join us at around 2.30-ish on that note. Um, Alabama lost their defensive coordinator. He went to Ole Miss. Now Nick Saban is going to have to hire a new offensive coordinator as Bill O'Brien will return to the New England Patriots to become their next offensive coordinator. O'Brien, 53 years young, spent the past two seasons as the OC under Saban at Alabama. Now he's back to where his NFL career began in 2007 as a coaching assistant. So Saban doing what Saban always has to do, and that's to get himself um, two new coordinators. We'll talk with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network with the Black and Gold Report. All things NFL and the latest on Sean Payton. Um, is there another team waiting in the wings? He's already interviewed with with um, Houston and with Denver's going back with Denver. He's talked to Carolina. Uh, the Arizona's in the mix. Um, the longer this takes, the longer I wonder if – Sean Payton's actually going to coach next season or not. Um, we shall see. We'll discuss all of that with uh, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. We have the game hotline, which you're always welcome to call. That number is 337-706-0111. Uh, we don't take many phone calls. Every once in a while, if you got a good take, we'll uh, we'll get you and we'll um, listen to you for sure. We're coming to the end of January. You know what that means. Mardi Gras is coming up, but before all that, it's Valentine's Day. Now, if you need help with taking your lady out for Valentine's Day, all the help is right inside the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. How about a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes to help you with Valentine's Day by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. When we return, John Brady, what happened to that LSU team that beat Arkansas, gave Kentucky fits on the road? What happened to them? We'll ask and get his answer when we return. 
Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we talked about uh, LSU women's basketball team winning their 20th consecutive game, the best start in LSU women's basketball history. Uh, to show you how tough, how good that is, uh, I was a part of a team that uh, that we used to play 18 SEC games, and we were 17-0 and 0 in league play. And we ended up the regular season playing against Kentucky uh, at Rupp Arena, um, nationally televised game. It was a Sunday afternoon. They had, you know, Billy Packer, um, Al McGuire, Dick Enberg doing the game, a packed rafter, packed to the rafters, students dressed up in tuxedos, the band, they moved them for that one game only and put them right behind our bench so it would be difficult at timeouts. Um Howard Carter took a jump shot in the corner for the win. Sam Bowie blocked it, but came tumbling down on him. If the game had been in Baton Rouge, they'd have called a foul on Bowie. They weren't about to call a foul for him against him in Kentucky. Uh, we ended up losing by one. Uh, went on to go to the Final Four uh, in Philadelphia that year. Um and we played against people like Isaiah Thomas from Indiana, Ralph Sampson from Virginia. But it, it was hard. It was you got everybody's best shot, and this women's team is doing a uh, fabulous job. We're efforting to get uh, John Brady in uh, Fayetteville for a preview of tonight's matchup between Arkansas and uh, LSU. LSU one and six in league play, and. Um, LSU, uh, Arkansas's two and five. Um, John says he needs five more minutes, James. So just give him five more minutes and uh, shoot around. Went a little bit longer than expected, so he said. So uh, we'll go from there. But in the meantime, um, I said we don't take many phone calls, but we've got one. So what the heck? M- Menard, Menard has a question. Manard, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Mannered, I, I apologize Maynard. for yeah. butchering your uh, name. Hey. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, Jordy. Uh, yes. It looks like looks like Sean Payton might end up getting that Denver job. He's going. In, he's, he's doing his second interview with them. Right. So, what do you? I mean, first of all, my first question is, what do you think the Saints can get? Uh, they got a they got a number one from from Cleveland. 12 pick in the draft. Right. And they've got two threes this year. Or can they get a one and a one this year and a two next year to replace the one the two that they losing for uh the the pick they made for Olave and replace the one that they traded to. They looks like they can do that or do they take a one and two threes and is there a quarterback because let's face it, the Saints need a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Is there a quarterback at the 12th position that's worth taking? I just wanted to ask you that. Maybe you could okay. give us some uh, pontificate on that for me, and I'm going to let I you go. You. Thank you. I got your name now, Mander. Thank you. Um, he's going for his second interview. Just just let's wait and see. Um you know, the Texans are very intriguing in the fact that he can pick his own quarterback at number two. But if he does go to Denver, I would definitely get that first pick 
uh, the first round pick. Absolutely. And then don't be surprised if the Saints try to package that pick with something else and try to move up a little bit higher in the draft uh, to get there. There there should be a quarterback available. I just don't know if that quarterback is going to be the answer. That's that is the question. And they're going to have to use their scouting department and analyze it and do all that. But yes, they definitely need a quarterback. I hope Sean Payton gets a gig this year uh, because the Saints can command more for that pick for that now as compared to like his if he waits to after next season, then the Saints don't hold his rights anymore. They don't have to get anything. So let's hope that uh, he gets the gig and um, the Saints can get something. Uh, but definitely a first-round pick, and then whatever else they can garner from that, that's up to Mickey Loomis to to figure out. Uh, and I, I'm sure, I'm sure that he will. Uh, but let's hope that that happens. But maybe I'm hearing reports as they may be another team out there in the weeds that are just kind of waiting to see what's going on here. Is that team Dallas? Um, do, does Dallas get rid of Mike McCarthy? He's had a couple of really good, really, really good um, seasons record-wise. But, of course, he hasn't won the big game. And if you're Dallas, do you say, well, do we run this back again because we got the same coach, we got the same quarterback? Look what look what happened in Jacksonville with Doug Peterson taking over. Look how Trevor Lawrence fur- furnished, l- flourished. Look what happened in New York with Dayball coming over. Look how um, – Daniel Jones blossomed. So do you keep Mike McCarthy and uh, Kellen Moore, that duo? And does does Dak Prescott get any better? Uh, so these are the decisions that have to be made. We'll just have to wait and see um, if, in fact, they come into fruition. Um, but the Saints need a quarterback. There is no ifs, ands, buts, or maybes about it. No question. You can't run it back with what you had and expect any different results. So by keeping Pete Carmichael and best about everybody else on the staff, management is not blaming the coaches for the season that they had. They're blaming all the injuries that the Saints had. That's rightly so, deservedly so. And they're blaming the players that some didn't step up uh, and contribute more. Some didn't. So long roundabout answer, please, Sean Payton, go get, take a job and give the Saints a fighting chance, please, and let them get as high a first-round draft pick as they possibly can, and then it's up to Mickey Loomis to see what happens along the way. So back to basketball. Bud Walton Arena tonight. Tigers, Razorbacks right here on the games, 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock tip. John Brady, the former Tiger coach, LSU legend, now radio legend, joins us. Man, it's always cold and nasty in in Fayetteville. How's the weather out there, big guy? Well, glad you mentioned that. Uh, It's supposed to start snowing here about 4, 4.30. Temperature's (laughs) supposed to drop. Oh, uh, not sure we can get out tonight. Plus, they say the weather in Baton Rouge at, at eleven bad. o'clock or so is going to be bad. So I, we yeah. may be stuck here in the beautiful town of Fayetteville, Arkansas. 
That's why that's why mama always told me pack an extra <laughs> pair of shorts because you never know. <laughs> you never know. Okay. Uh, on a serious note, LSU beat Arkansas back in late December. They were 1-0 in conference play. What happened to that team in December to where this team is now in late January? What what's happened to them in your opinion? Well, well, if you if you look at the the statistics, the Kentucky game we played well. Yeah. We won. Uh, we we won against Arkansas. We we should have beaten Kansas State, who's top ten in the country now, or top five. Uh, the games that we've played well, we we came back from twenty down and beat Wake Forest. The games we've played well, we haven't turned the ball over. That has led to an astronomical number of points for the opponent. Uh, and I think that's the main thing. We've just our, our half court. D, you take away uh, offensive rebounds that have led to second chance points. You take away our our turnovers that have led to uh, uh, Jordy like thirty three to five last game. I mean, come on, mm. how do you overcome that? Mm. You take no. better care of the ball. You block out better on the board. You eliminate twenty points or so, and the games are workable with five minutes to go. So that's right. going to be the challenge for this team: is to take better care of the basketball. It doesn't lead to easy baskets for the opponent, and I think everything else is is pretty good. We haven't shot it well, but if you don't shoot it well, you better take care of it and defend it well to have a chance. Yeah, and if you if you start believing, hopefully these players don't read things because everybody thinks they can't shoot, um, and and the numbers kind of exhibit that. But they can shoot. They wouldn't be mm-hmm. on a basketball scholarship if they couldn't shoot. So it's, it, I think it's all between the ears, John. I really do. Well, we we, we I think I think because of, of what we've done, uh, given up easy baskets and turned the ball over. We don't. We never were a great rebounding team to begin with right. uh, I think when you when you go when you don't shoot it well and you don't score baskets even though you're still trying in the half court defense I think sometimes that affects your ability to keep playing on the defensive end as hard as as hard as you need to but it should work the other way if you know you're not shooting well you better rebound it. You better yep. take care of it. And you better yep. defend it. It should motivate yep. you on the other end. But I think it's probably worked in reverse with us. And, and so we're not guarding it as well. Uh, and, and certainly we need to take better care of the ball. And, and it's a tough place to really try to do that in Bud Walton Arena. Right. But one good thing, though, Jordy, with the weather getting difficult here, uh, maybe Ooh. the crowd won't be as great as we thought it would or as intense as, yeah. as I think we anticipated it would be because of the weather that's coming in. That's a great point. I played on a lot of teams where, you know, they, they needed to see the ball go through the net uh, for them to get uh, on the other end and really do well. If that ball was going through, man, we were a great defensive team. If it wasn't, uh, you know, and, and that seems to be what's happened to this club, as you mentioned. Yeah, it, it has. And, and, and it, we, we've just got to – uh, you know, to me, if you're going to throw the ball away, throw it out of bounds so at least you have a chance to set your defense. Uh, you know, if we turn the ball over in the half court and they come out running and have us on our heels, that's really been the downfall of of of, of what LSU is trying to do the last three or four games, and that's why the scores have been separated. So, uh, you know, you look at it, you can look at the last three or four games and the amount of, 
of, of points off turnovers compared to the amount of points off turnovers we create are, are 25, 22, 26 differential points. And that's just way too difficult to overcome unless you're shooting 50-plus percent from the field, and we certainly had been doing that. John Brady with us. Can, can, you, can you hold Arkansas to like 16% shooting from uh, downtown like, like we did the first time? That would help. Well, I think that's the blueprint. And, and Arkansas at our place, the, 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 the points off turnovers, I think they had 10, and we had yeah. 9. So we broke yeah. even there. And, and I think the blueprint for winning tonight is the same thing we did at home. Make it a, a half-court game as much as you can. Keep the score in the mid-60s or even lower if you can, because if that thing gets over 75 in Bud Walton Arena, uh, I don't think we can keep that pace. Uh, I'm with you. Well, look, uh, been there, done that with these planes, trains, and automobiles, at the, especially at this time of the year. Uh, so uh, y'all err on the side of uh, of safety and caution, please. Have a great call of the game. Um, and, uh, my la- what, wrong, last one, real quick. The mood okay. of this team. What, what did you? What have you seen? What do, What do you see out of this club right here, right now? Well, it was it was real quiet uh, on the ride up, and and at breakfast this morning, it was really a, a quiet team. I've seen them more festive, but the the, the game day practice, the shoot around that I that's why I was late. It went longer than I thought, but it was real spirited mm-hmm. and upbeat. So hopefully. And the concentration, I thought, was very good. So hopefully that will carry over into the game tonight because we're going to need every bit of camaraderie and and, and belief in one another to win this game tonight. You're the best. Uh, Let's break bread soon, man. Safe travels, seriously. And and, uh, have a great call tonight, buddy. Good luck. Okay, Jordy. Thank you. John Brady in Fayetteville, Arkansas. When we come back, can the Pels right the ship and how soon – Might we see Brandon Ingram? That's next here. Stay with us. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back. The best in the West comes to the Smoothie King Center tonight for the first of three consecutive home games for the reeling New Orleans Pelicans, who have lost four in a row. They've won three of their last ten. And what at one point in time was in a first-place position now are seven games out of first. All these injuries are catching up. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights for the very latest on the Pels. Ali, good afternoon, my friend. What's happening? Hey, Jordy. Yeah, it's time for there to turn that ship around, right? Started twenty three and twelve, tied for first. Now they've gone three and nine in their last twelve. Yeah. Oof, they're 26 and 21, seven games behind uh, the Denver Nuggets with a guy who made three-peat as the MVP. Nikola Jokic is really, really good, uh, but maybe helps on the way. Uh, what's the latest you're hearing on Brandon Ingram? Right, so finally, for the first time in a long time, Brandon's not out, listed as out on the injury report, but upgraded to doubtful. 
And okay. after talking to him in practice yesterday, it sounds like his return is honestly right around the corner. He basically said he's gone through two practices, has felt good. There's been no pain, all his movements. Right, That's what he's checking right now. Make sure he can cut, jump, move in every direction without any kind of pain. Because he said it's a pain tolerance thing. But finally, yeah. he's able to check that box. So that means that there's a good chance we'll see him sometime during the three-game homestand. And I'm betting it'll probably come either on Wednesday against the Timberwolves or on Friday against the uh, Wizards. Or Saturday, excuse me, Saturday, not yeah. Friday. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be. He would not play tonight and have a back-to-back. So you got enough days right. rest in between the two. I, I, I agree with you. I'm looking at the injury report. Jokic is listed as questionable with a hamstring. I think with the lead they have, why would they risk playing him? I'm sorry for Pels fans if, if he doesn't play, but it certainly sounds like he may not Boy, wouldn't that be big? I mean, every time he plays the Pelicans, he's getting 30-point triple-doubles, it seems like. Yeah. And the Pelicans, yeah. they did beat the Nuggets, right, earlier in the season against him. But you know what? They had Zion Williamson. So it'd be kind of nice that without, you know, Pell's big guns, the Denver Nuggets can sit one, too. Uh, Zion's supposed to get a little imaging this week. Is that correct? Right. I think that was scheduled for today. I asked Willie about it yesterday, and he said, yeah, that's still on. And Boy, keep your fingers crossed because I think that's going to determine on. Obviously, it's going to determine how quickly Zion can return. And I'm thinking if if the imaging comes back clean, that hamstring and that muscle in particular has healed. Chances are he's going to be able to ramp up his conditioning and quickly. So maybe say around two weeks he could return. But if it still shows that that tear is not completely healed, boy, well then we're talking a lot longer, right? Maybe even right up to the All Star break or even after. Yeah. Um, and don't be confused by the all-star break. It's not the mid-time, midpoint of the season. Pels have already played 47 games, so there's 35 games left. It's basically a college season left in the regular season. Man, we got to get these guys back and uh, and healthy, and let's get a 20-game stretch so we can, we can see what's going on, right? We can actually get some rotations down and, and there. Um, you know where I'm going next. We've got the trade deadline coming up in February. February, what is it, February 9th, something like that? Um, yep. What do you think? What do you think, honestly, Ollie? What do you think? What would you like to see happen? And what do you think David Griffin's thinking? Yeah, so at the start of the season, I wanted to see the season play out. Bunch of young talent. You like the guys on the roster. And you didn't have that many expectations, right? You thought, okay, top six, something along those lines. Well, because of that start, I think they showed in, in kind of a weaker West, right? There's a lot of parity, but no elite right. teams that the West can be had. And they proved it, right? Almost through, what did I say, about 35 games or so right. where they were right. tied for first. So you saw that they're sitting atop the conference with guys still missing games, right? Ingrams had already missed a handful, Zion, you know, go up and down the roster. So they were able to achieve that despite having more guys out than most teams. So I think that's raised expectations. So what I'm alluding to is early in this, before the season started, I didn't think I would have made any kind of big move, especially, right? But now there are expectations, and you should take advantage of those. So I, I would like to see them make a move, and I think from what I've been hearing, they are indeed probing around. My favorite would be Bogdanovich from the Detroit Pistons. I think yeah. the Pelicans need flat-out more <laughs> shooting and a guy that just can score. Look at yeah. what's happened, especially just in the last week, Jordy. They were leading in three of the last four games, but they collapsed in the fourth quarter. Uh, and C.J. McCollum is now seeing double teams. There's nobody else that can really create 
uh, a shot for themselves or for somebody else when you've got Zion, B.I., and Najee on, right, on, unavailable. So you need a guy that can do that for you. I think Bogey would be perfect. We saw what he did just in the last matchup against Detroit. He had no problem scoring against Herb Jones, Dyson Daniels, and the Pelicans' defense, able to get his shot from anywhere. So I think he'd be perfect. He's out there. I know they have interest in him. They've also sniffed around on John Collins. Some people are also looking, uh, saying Dent to Toronto Raptors. And I like Gary Trent on their roster, but you know some are saying Pascal Siakam or OG Anubi. And that's where I draw the line. I don't want to see the Pelicans. Um, it's not that the draft picks I'm worried about. I'm worried about breaking up this core. I think you still owe it to yourself and this team to see what the top nine can do for you. So for me, they're yeah. untouchable right now. I wouldn't trade Herb, Dyson, um, a lot of these guys simply because you're high on their value. They, 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 they don't cost much. And you think this roster works because, like I said earlier in the season, it did work. What does it require to get a Bogdan Bogdanovich? Um, it's not much, Jordy. Believe it or not, it sounds like it's just one unprotected first. They had originally wanted an unprotected first plus a good player. Now they've lowered it. So if I'm the Pelicans, I don't give them this year's, right, because you've got that pick swap with the Lakers, which could turn out to be really good. But why right. not throw the 2024 one at them if that's the asking price, if they won't come down? You think they can get him for just that? Really? Right, right. I would be jumping all over it. You know, today's in today's market, Jordy, first-round picks that are unprotected are gold, especially for teams that, you know, could end up in the lottery. So yeah. that's Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson, right? That's what you're thinking. And that's why a lot of teams don't want to give it up. But I think the Pelicans can. I, I think they've got enough assets and a good team. They should make a swing like that. Can Griff uh, convince Gail Benson to pay the luxury tax? Because they'd be over that then, I would think. No, I think if you were to move out, right, I forget exactly how much he makes, haven't looked, but Devontae Graham, Jackson Hayes, uh, Garrett Temple, all those guys, you know, you would only need two of them, and I think you'd be able to stay under the luxury tax. But if not, hey, move somebody somewhere else, right? Supposedly yeah. Billy Hernan Gomez is wanted out there. So you could move him for just a second-round pick to Boston or Miami. That's supposedly who's interested in him. So there's ways to make it work. Okay. Uh, what about a rim protector? I love – Valanchunas, um, but with this team, it went healthy. Man, we can blow and go, and I, I, they need they need somebody that can be a defensive factor down in the paint. I think. Uh, you're yeah, Jordy. I'm with you because outside of that, another scoring option, uh, playmaker number two, right up on its heels of number one, is the need for having that type of player. That can play center minutes, right? Larry Nance, he can play it, but he's a he's a small guy, right? He's six foot seven, and he's better used as a small ball center, more running as a power forward. Jackson Hayes was supposed to be that guy for the Pelicans, but he, as we've seen, fourth year, he hasn't made enough strides in his game, and even in this last week, he's still making errors at costly times in the game, and it's basic fundamentals, right? So you have to move on from him, find somebody else. Problem is, who do you go after? For me personally, I would love to grab a guy like Onyeka Okongwu. He's uh, with the Atlanta Hawks. He, he's uh, behind Clint Capella right now, but boy, they, they just had a change in leadership. So they may not be as high on him. And he, he would fit the bill because he's been referred to, Jordy, as get this, BAM 2.0 by CJ McCollum. So can you imagine really? adding a BAM out of bio? You know, who'd be perfect defensively and can give you that mid range game with this roster? It'd be unstoppable. 
Whew. Man, um, I would swing for the fences. I'd get me a shooter. I'd get me a, a guy that can can challenge inside. And let's make a run for this thing. What the heck? What the heck? Um, without, if Jokic doesn't play, what, what challenges does Denver present? Well, they're a very good shooting team, plus they have great fundamentals, right? I mean, Aaron Gordon's having the best season of his, his career. Uh, Jamal Murray is really rounding in the form. I just watched him win a game the other day for him when it was he that, uh, not Jokic, performed late. And then he just recently had a triple-double, too. And then they've got some good, just good role players, right? Brown, um, Bones Highland, good backup point guard. He's not liable to get you 20 points just because he's so fast, right? And he, he's, he's got so much confidence. So the, 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 their roster is perfectly built around Jokic. But even when he misses a game, they can still beat you, right? And that's the way the Pelicans were in the early in the season. But now they've just gotten tired, I think. They've lost some confidence, gotten tired, and now they can't battle the way they were earlier in the season when the big guys are out. Yeah, um, looks like that piano's gotten on Trey Murphy's back. Uh, Herb Jones is not the player he was a year ago, but he's the kind of guy that needs those other players out there for him to be effective. So the key is getting Ingram and Williamson back in the lineup, and then then you can make your run and see exactly. Everybody then has a specific role. They don't have as many minutes. They can be more productive, right? Yeah, without a doubt. Getting Ingram back is going to be such a huge thing because now CJ doesn't have to carry the offense. seems like yeah. when he doesn't score 30 points, gets eight assists, Pelicans lose, right? And now he's beginning to slow down because he was on such an incredible pace for what was it, like five weeks or something like that. So he, that'll help. And then you're, you're right, in the long term, you get Williamson back, and if you can keep these guys on the court, I think without a doubt that they would solidify their spot in the top four and then be, be primed to make a deep run in the playoffs. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. You are the best. Good luck. Uh, have fun watching it tonight. Hopefully there's a great crowd. Well, the Pels need a win. It's a three-game homestand. There's some three tough teams in there. you got to win at least one of the three. Um, it would be great if Jokic is out tonight. You might be able to steal one. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely, Jordy. Take care, buddy. All right. We'll be back to wrap up our number one here. Stay with us. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than some cheap plastic beads this Mardi Gras. That's right. You could score a $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app, open the app, and click on the Mardi Gras Moolah tab, and you're on your way to winning a $500 Visa gift card. It's the game's Mardi Gras Moolah sweepstakes. Download the app, win money. It's just that simple, and it's all from the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back. News coming out of Knoxville, Tennessee, coming off their best season in more than two decades. Football coach Josh Heupel has been rewarded with a contract extension that will pay him $9 million per year. The raise of $4 million will take Heupel to fifth 
He's making $9 million a year, and he's the fifth highest paid in the SEC. Only four or higher. Those are Nick Saban at Bama, Georgia's Kirby Smart, AM's Jimbo Fisher, and LSU's Brian Kelly. Heupel's initial contract paid him $4 million annually. He was bumped to $5 million last year. Now he's up to $9 million. I can understand Saban. He's the greatest. He's won all the titles. Kirby Smart has won two titles. Chimbo Fisher, that's a joke. That is a joke. Golly, Scott Woodward, what were you thinking? Well, I know they got more money than than they know how to than they can ever spend in Aggieland, but my goodness gracious! And we certainly hope Brian Kelly will earn his keep. Um, pressure, 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 all the time. My goodness, nine million for Josh Heupel. Let's see what he can do without Hendon, you know, without Hendon Hooker at quarterback. Let's see what he can do. Um, we shall see. We shall see. Um, 49ers defensive lineman Charles Amenahu was arrested on suspicion of misdemeanor domestic violence on Monday. See what happens to him. He's a key member of that team's defensive line rotation, has four and a half sacks this season. He had two sacks and a forced fumble in the 49ers' 41-23 wildcard victory over the Seattle Seahawks. He played 15 snaps in their win over the Dallas Cowboys, injured his oblique, but was able to return to the game. 49ers visit the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday in the NFC Championship in Game 1 for the day. Game 2 for the day, of course, that's the – the TV is smart. It's going to be so watched by so many. The ratings will go through the roof. Joe Burrow and the Bengals against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs from Arrowhead. Uh, Joe proved doesn't matter what the weather is. He can play in the snow. He can play in the rain. He can play in the heat. It does not matter. He's just a baller. So much will depend on that high ankle sprain of of Pat Mahomes. He's going to play, but just how effective? Look, he he's a great quarterback. He can throw in the it, from the pocket and be effective. But what makes him special are the off chart plays. Those plays that those improvisational plays that very few can do. And his ability, it's like he has eyes in the back of his head and he knows when the pressure's coming and where it's coming from. And and he can throw the ball in any slot available, up top, underhand, sidearm, flipping, behind the bat, whatever it takes, he can do it. And that depends upon him being able to have mobility. And the other thing is to be able to plant that foot and throw off of it. High ankle sprains are hard to deal with. I've had low ankle sprains, and, you know, you tape it up and you you put a shoe. I, I played, you know, I wear a size 13 shoe. I played in a size 15 on one foot once because my ankle was so swollen, they tape it up and, and you go. Um, and that was, that was doable. But that high ankle sprain, you saw him limping, visibly limping. Uh, so that will be. Uh, key indicator uh, they'll be watching on that one um, the Bengals everybody was concerned about how are you going to protect Burrow with three starters out from their offensive line how did that offensive line look to you against Buffalo and Buffalo has a better defense than Kansas City uh, man those guys are good they they were good they they imposed their will on the bills kansas city again does not have that type of a defense um so they're they're offensive reliant 
And Andy Reid's a great coach and skilled and, and able to come up with improvisational plays at the right time. So this will be an interesting chess match. Um, both teams will, will try to run the ball. Who runs the ball most effectively wins it. And I think the same thing holds true when you talk about the 49ers and the Eagles. These are two defensive-oriented clubs. I don't know what the over-under is, but I'm betting the under on it. I am. I think the defenses will rule in this one. Philly's really good. We know how good San Francisco is. I don't think the quarterback, Purdy, of the 49ers is going to crack. Has he cracked yet? No. Um, I don't think he's going to. I know he's going on the road, but heck, he's won everywhere. I don't think he's going to crack. I think it's going to come down to who, who blocks and who tackles and who runs the ball most effectively. That's the team that's going to win it. The advantage maybe goes to Philadelphia because they have their running backs and their quarterback who is equally adept at running. Purdy's not. So that may be the advantage in that one. All right, we'll talk more about the NFL playoffs coming up in our number two. This is the Jordy Hulpert Show. Uh, one hour down, one to go here on the game. Stay with us. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go. Just wanted to let you know that we've got some bad weather expected uh, coming into our area around 4 o'clock. Some bad weather. So err on the side of caution. Be careful if you're out and about. Buckle up. Stay off your phones and, and drive safely. If you don't have to be out and about, just stay home. Um, bad weather coming around four o'clock. We'll try to keep you updated throughout the day. Um, so we shall, uh, see my main man, James mesh back in the master control suite. He is, uh, in the producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons right there in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta media, which is where you will find 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And we're also on your television set in the Acadiana area as we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline, the number 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. We're talking NFL in this hour. If you have a question, Question pertaining to the NFL, uh, give us a holler, 706-0111. Bob Rose, Saints News Network, will join us um, at around 2.15 this, uh, excuse me, 3.15 this afternoon. And we'll talk all things about the latest on Sean Payton uh, and these 
championship matchups in the AFC and the NFC as we are down to the final four. And then there were two, only two teams in women's college basketball remain undefeated. South Carolina is undefeated from the SEC, and right behind them are the LSU Tigers. The Tigers get the win in Bama last night, 89-51, to to extend the best start in program history. They are now 20 and 0. 20 and 0. Just think about the job Kim Mulkey has done in like that. Lickety split. Boom. Gets into the NCAA tournament last year. She has been involved. I saw this stat and I want to make sure I read it properly. I saved it um, because it, it's that impressive. Kim Mulkey's been coaching quite a while. A head coach for 23 seasons, both at Baylor and now at LSU. In 23 seasons, her teams have won at least, at least 20 games. And they're 20-0 and this season. Think about that. Think about that, that consistency. 23 seasons, and her teams have won at the least 20 games. There's been some seasons where they won in the 30s. That is just absolutely remarkable. It is remarkable. Uh, Sylvia Fowles' um, LSU record uh, has been broken for consecutive double-doubles. Angel Reese did that last night. 20 games, 20 double-doubles. She had 14 and 14. Uh, The big story was Jasmine Carson, who ended up with a game-high 20 points, making four from downtown to lead the team in scoring. LSU will have a bit of a break before returning home for its whiteout game against Tennessee this coming Monday, January 30th. It's a 6 o'clock tip. Um, they are fun to watch. They are tall. They they win the battle of the boards. They are uh, well-disciplined. They're fundamentally sound. They don't turn the ball over much. Um, and it looks like they're building more confidence, and it looks like their outside shooting is getting better and better and better. So uh, looking for a sellout crowd in Pete's Palace on Monday, January 30th. If not, you can turn down the sound on your television set, and I believe Believe, I believe we'll have that game uh, on the game. So stay tuned for that one. The men, if you missed it, in hour number one, John Brady, the color analyst on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit about this LSU basketball team that has to travel up against Arkansas. Two teams that one was not expected to do as well as it had when they first met. And another team in Arkansas that many had projected would be make a deep, deep run in the NCAA tournament. That may still happen, but for Arkansas, they need to turn the ship around and head in the other direction in a hurry because after LSU beat them in the SEC season opener, Arkansas, LSU's fallen to the abyss. They've lost six in a row, so they're one and six in league play. Arkansas, on the other hand, is only two and five, and that's a big surprise. They've had some injuries as well, some of their top players, um, but it is what it is. LSU beat Arkansas in late December, 60 to 57. 
So I got to believe that uh, Arkansas is going to really, really be amped up on this one. John told us about the weather in Arkansas. They anticipate snow uh, at about the time we get off the air at 4 o'clock. The weather's supposed to be bad in Baton Rouge and in surrounding areas, so they they might not be able to fly out. But if they were able to fly out, they may may not be able to land in Baton Rouge. So uh, planes, trays, and automobiles. But for 40 minutes, LSU's going to have to – going to have to shoot a high percentage they're going to have to limit their turnovers and they're going to have to somehow some way not get mauled on the board so i'm not saying win the battle of the boards just don't get beaten in double figures hang in there don't give up so many offensive rebounds to arkansas if you can do those three i know that's a mighty big task you say how's that pie you know if if it was that easy. They'd be doing it all year long. It's not easy. It's really not. Um, but that's what they're going to have to do. And somebody's going to have to join KJ Williams in the scoring column. Williams is averaging 18 points and seven boards a night, but they have no one, no one to score consistently alongside of him. Um, so there you go. We've got a caller on our hotline. Bob wants to talk some some women's hoops before we get to Bob Rose and talking the NFL. Bob, uh, welcome. I appreciate the call. Uh, fire away at will. What can we help you with? Well, how you doing, Jordy? Terrific. Thank you. Jo- Jordy, uh, I watched that game last night, uh, Iowa and Ohio State. Have you ever yep. seen that girl, that girl from Iowa play, that Caitlin? Uh, she is. She is terrific. She had a triple double last night. She is she is the best college basketball player out there. No nothing away from Angel Reese, but this girl can dribble it. She had what thirty points and about thirteen assists and ten rebounds last night uh, against the number two ranked team in the country. Yeah, she's really real. Kaylin Clark, I think, is her name. Something like that. Kaylin Clark. She, yeah, you she know, is you know terrific. what her nickname is? They call her the Logo Girl because she, she shoots from terrific. the logo a lot. Yeah, yeah, she, she's I really mean, she, good. She, she might shoot better outside than you did in back in the, the day. Her well, ho, ho, Bob, I'm going to have to cut <laughs> you off. Now. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, she's a really talented player. No question about it. But she, she didn't just happen. Uh, she was like that last year. You know, she was a first-team All-American last year. She's going to be first-year, first-team, if not player of the year. There's three that should be up for it, and that's the big girl Boston from South Carolina, Clark from Iowa. And for some reason, Angel Reese is not getting any love, but she needs to be in that discussion as well. Yes, she does. But that, uh, but I was really impressed with that Clark last night. I, uh, I, that would be very interesting matchup, fellas. She would meet them uh, in the NCAA tournament. I would look forward Ooh. to that, buddy. Yeah, she's going to get hers, I can tell you. Uh, we have some familiarity with Ohio State. That's the team that came into uh, the Assembly Center and ended um, the season for LSU a year ago, and they got just about everybody back. So, um, yeah, it's not going to be easy, but the job that Kim Mulkey has done in accumulating talent, and it's only getting better. Wait till you see next year's team, what they've got coming in. It's only getting better, big guy. It really is. Yes. You have a good one, buddy. All right, Bob. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, uh, Bob Rose, Saints News Network coming up. We'll get the latest on Sean Payton. We'll get the latest on the NFL playoffs and much more after this timeout. 
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Now that you scored an Amazon Alexa or Google Home smart speaker for Christmas, you can now use it to listen to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I'm telling you, more and more people are doing it all over the country. It's really, really cool. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play, quote, the game Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. Do the smart thing. Have the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, with you at your office, at your home. Everywhere you go. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Four teams left in the race for the Lombardi, and everybody's kind of wondering, wondering, imagining where is Sean? Where is Sean Payton, and where is he going to go? Is he going to end up coaching next season? He's going to be back uh, with Fox Broadcasting. What's he gonna do? Because so much is tied uh, from Sean Payton to the New Orleans Saints. It's just kind of ridiculous. Bob, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Good afternoon, Jordy. Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you and your family? Um, terrific. We just got some uh, some bad weather coming in, some rain and stuff and winds and all, so we're hunkering down for a little bit, but we will be A-OK. So um, your latest thoughts on Mr. Sean Payton and what's going on in his world? Oh, wow. Um, Sean just had his, uh, his initial interview with the Carolina Panthers yesterday. Okay. Uh, yeah, that uh, and that first first meeting was postponed because of a, a tragic death right. of a Carolina soccer player. Uh, the, owner now, own, the owner owns that soccer team, and therefore the that's yes. why they pushed it back. Right. Yes, and it was certainly the right thing to do uh, mm-hmm. uh, by all parties. Uh, you know, now Peyton had an interview, a second interview scheduled with the Denver Broncos for Wednesday, but news came out this afternoon or late, well later this morning that. Uh, that that yeah he he rescheduled that interview for a later date yet to be announced, and you know, the next interview on the Sean Payton World Tour uh, is going to be with the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday. That's the first time these two parties have officially met. Uh, you know, and there are some mumblings, and I I wrote about one of the teams that it could be, uh, but there are some mumblings that there may be a uh, another unspoken team. Uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, quote unquote, getting their ducks in a row to perhaps make a run at our uh, at our 59 year old former coach. Dare I say Dallas Cowboys? Dare I say, Bob? You dare say, my friend. And folks, you can go to SI.com or the Saints News Network uh, you know, to read my article about a potential Sean Payton landing in Dallas. Now, of course, there's nothing official. Mike right. McCarthy is still the official head coach of Dallas. Jerry Jones, as recently as yesterday, said that, uh, yeah, that McCarthy's job was safe. But folks... Don't believe everything that comes out of Jerry Jones' mouth. In fact, you know, take it with a grain of salt. If Jerry Jones has a chance to get Sean Payton, you better believe that Mike McCarthy is going to be looking for another job and is going to be quickly. All right, let, let's analyze it, okay? And we have some some things that are a proven track record dealing with such. Um, 
Doug Peterson goes to Jacksonville. Look what happened to Trevor Lawrence. Look how he evolved. Dayball goes to the Giants. Looks how, look how Daniel Jones evolved. Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy at Dallas. Look how Dak Prescott has devolved uh, and has not gotten better, has gotten worse. Um, if I'm Jerry Jones and I got more money than I can spend and I am looking at the sunset going, I'm I'm getting up there in age. Yep. I want another Super Bowl. Why wouldn't he just say, Mike, thank you. Take the money and run. Sean Payton, how much do you want? Make us better and win me a Super Bowl. Why wouldn't he? You better believe it. Uh, you know, and listen, you know, Jerry Jones has the financial assets to make a, a big, uh, you know, probably historic sh- uh, contract for Sean Payton work. Sean Payton and Jerry Jones are friends. Sean Payton has lived in the Dallas area. I believe he still owns a home there. Uh, you know, used to work for Jones and the Cowboys. Works now with Jimmy Johnson over at Fox in case he needed any more insight into what it's like working with Jones. The Cowboys do not mind giving up a first-round pick or multiple picks for play veteran players they certainly wouldn't mind doing so for a coach the only thing and i wrote about this and you you just touched on it a minute ago how desperate is jerry jones to win a championship at now (laughs) another championship at now 80 years old is he desperate enough to set his own ego aside and stay out of football matters because you know that you know sean payton is going to want control sean payton's ego is is large we know that (laughs) Yeah. So Jerry Jones, you know, the financial assets, talent on the field, the Cowboys talent you know, are a talented team, uh, a young quarterback to develop in Dak, Dak Prescott, fairly young. All the pieces are in place. Like you said, the only meddlesome pro- problem could be that of the meddlesome owner. If he's willing to step out of the way, then I don't see how this wouldn't work. Just, uh, you know. Father time is clicking and ticking and ticking. And I think his ego is so big and he he wouldn't be successful if his ego weren't big. And I know Jerry Jones doesn't just want one. He needs one. Um, Golly. And 20, $25 million. I think that's what I've read. Sean was going to be asking. I mean, that didn't come from out of Sean's mouth, but that's coming up all over the place. Yeah. So, so we shall see. Um, from a Saints perspective, what would be the best landing spot? What would the Saints in their in their fantasy of fantasies, what would be the landing spot that they would want so that they could reap the most benefit in return? Uh, obviously, you don't want to go up against your former coach two times a year. But outside of that, I think the best landing spot for the New Orleans Saints compensation-wise has got to be the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers own the number nine overall pick in the first round if you're gunning for a first-round pick in 2023. Because, listen, they're not going to get the Texans' second overall pick. They're not going to get the Cardinals' third overall pick. I think for, yeah, for the Panthers to be a legitimate player in this game, they have to absolutely blow the Saints away with compensation because they are a division rival of new mm-hmm. orleans mm-hmm. and yeah because yeah, having said that that number nine pick for the panthers has got to be in play uh yeah, along with you know, it, it, peyton would be facing quite a rebuilding job in carolina we know he's capable we saw him do it here uh yeah but the you know, the saints could also ask for a first or second round pick in maybe 2024 betting 
that it might take more than a year for Sean Payton to get this thing turned around in Carolina. So you're going to get another high pick or higher pick next year. Uh, I think, you know, the, the Texans also have the 12th overall pick in addition to the second. So, you know, they're, they're an interesting player too, if they're willing to dangle that. But again, I, be- I got to believe that if Carolina feels that they're a legitimate player in this game that that number nine pick is definitely in the middle of the table yeah I, I don't know Sean well enough to to know what's going through his mind I know he's remarried I know his wife has a say in this I don't know if he likes the dry air of Arizona or the cold mountains of of uh Denver but he's not going out to LA because both of those coaches are sticking around uh Houston <coughs> Uh, yeah. But why why is everybody thinking that Denver is the the pseudo number one in the clubhouse leader for this? I know he's going for a second interview. Is Sean's ego big enough where he thinks I can make I can make Russell Wilson an all pro quarterback again? Is that what he's thinking, you think? Uh, yeah, is Sean Sean's ego big enough to think that? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And Russell Wilson is a proven talent. We just didn't see it last year. Uh, I think that yeah, the the reason that Denver is the clubhouse leader, so to speak, at this point, is they were the first team to schedule Sean for a second interview. Well, that's now that's out the window now, and it it was leaked publicly. I don't know by who that Russell Wilson and Sean Payton have spoken. Mm-hmm. At, at great length over the phone and we haven't heard that leaked out of any other team or any other quarterback so yeah for for denver to be considered the front runner at this point and based off of public knowledge i agree but, but yeah it, there, there are some mighty flimsy reasons why they are i think this thing is still it's still got a long way to play out what odds do you give that sean payton says eh, no i'm going back to television I give it greater and greater odds. I really do. Okay. Um, in fact, uh, in fact, if you were if you were to hold a gun to my head and force me to place money on a bet right now regarding Sean Payton, my bet is today. And I've said Arizona Cardinals since last preseason, as you know. Uh, and I think the Dallas Cowboys, if they enter their the fray, could have a strong stake. But if I were to have to place a bet today, I would bet that Sean Payton goes back into fo- the Fox Broadcasting Studio for one more year. Hmm. I just I don't see the teams. What would that do to the Saints' leverage? Uh, it wouldn't change it much. It would just push it back a year. Because remember that Sean, you know, Sean is still under contract with the Saints for one more year. Okay. Uh, yeah, and he holds most of the cards. Uh, yeah. Now, if he wants to coach again, that leaves New Orleans with a great deal of leverage. And we know that there are anywhere between four to six coaching changes every single year. you got to believe that if Sean and I believe this to be the case, if Sean is enamored with working with a with a quarterback like a Justin Herbert, that Brandon Staley, although not fired this year, his seat's got to be awful, awful hot coming into 2024. And I believe it's that kind of thing that could make Sean look at the rest of these candidates right now and say, you know what, I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to go back into Fox, make a mint through there, uh, you know, and you know, see if that Chargers job or a different job that I find more attractive comes open in 2024. Yeah. How much do you put stock in the the, the talk out there, the rumblings out there of a Sean Payton, Tom Brady package deal somewhere? 
It would depend where, uh, you know, again, going back to Carolina, I, I, I do believe Tom Brady is going to play another year. I do not believe it's going to be for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you know, Tom and Sean have competed against each other quite a bit. Uh, you know, they are, they are both fierce competitors. Uh, and you look at, you look at the teams available currently. Uh, the only way I would see a Tom, a Tom Brady, Sean Payton pairing is in a place like Carolina. Where again, the Panthers will probably have to give up that number nine, you know, the, the ninth, ninth overall pick to get Sean. So they'd still need a quarterback. Tom Brady's looking for a destination. Why not Carolina? Houston, I believe, could be, uh, again, of the teams that we know are interested in Sean. Houston, I believe, is an outside possibility. Uh, yeah, because you know, Davis Mills, you hear mixed reviews on him, but the bottom line is Davis Mills is nowhere near an elite quarterback right. uh, you know, and certainly nowhere near the resume that Tom Brady has. You know, nobody has the resume that Tom Brady has. So I could see I could see Sean Payton and Tom Brady in Houston as well. Uh, you know, it keeps Tom and his what you know, almost 46 year old body in uh, warm weather climates in a dome in Houston's case, uh, you know, for at least half of the season. Uh, but yeah, if they're going to be if they're going to be a Tom Brady, Sean Payton pairing, it's going to be one of those two places, Carolina or Houston. I've got a conundrum for you. You're the GM. Vegas is out there. They need a quarterback. All right. So Tom Brady knows Josh McDaniel real well. They offensive coordinator at New England. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams real well. They both want to go to Vegas. Which one are you picking? Uh, between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? Yep. I, w- I would pick Tom Brady in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah, Tom, Tom Brady, for however you feel, he conducts himself uh, you know, professionally, and I think he's a big crybaby. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I sound like a homer when I say no, that, but I that's understand. the way I feel. Uh, <clears throat> he's still gal- yeah, Tom Brady still galvanizes a team. Teammates play for Tom Brady. That's a proven fact. He wouldn't have seven Super Bowl championships if they didn't. Aaron Rodgers has been a divisive locker room presence for several years now yeah, in Green true. Bay. True. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, yeah, and you look at Tom Brady's postseason performances, uh, yeah, they're, they're off the charts. Aaron Rodgers, not so much. Uh, I believe that Tom Brady played better football individually than Aaron Rodgers did in 2022. Uh Obviously, uh, Tom is older than Aaron, uh, has played a lot more football than Aaron. But again, you just if you go by what have you done for me lately, Tom Brady looks like the far better player right now. Uh, And again, McDaniels, Brady working relationship. If I'm if I'm a Vegas GM, I'm going for Tom Brady hard. He is Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. We'll take a break here when we come back. We usually get uh, Bob's Fab Five, but guess what? There's only four teams left, so he's going to rank them in order of who is the best team in football today. And we'll get his thoughts on the AFC and NFC championship games here after this. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Bob Rose, Saints News Network with us as we continue our talk about the NFL. Bob, where were you January 24th, the year 2010? Where were you, big guy? And do you remember what happened on that day? 
Oh, I sure do. Uh, I was at uh, I was at my parents' house having uh, you know ha- having dinner and just kind of relaxing. Uh, we're we're a football family. We all like different teams, but we're a football family. Uh, but that day, everybody was rooting for the New Orleans Saints. And uh, yeah, as we uh, yeah, yeah, you'd have thought that my yeah my mom and dad were lifelong who dadders. Uh, you know the way they screamed and jumped up and down when Garrett Hartley nailed that field goal to to send the New Orleans to the Super Bowl. It was like Moses had walked through the desert and he finally found the oasis and Garrett Hartley kicked the field goal to win it 31-28 in overtime over the Brett Favre-led Minnesota Vikings. Who to thunk it? Um, Pigs have flown. Hell is frozen over. The Saints are on their way to the Super Bowl. My buddy Jim Henderson with the legendary call. All right. Um, we always do this. Your your best team picks. There are four left. We know that it's going to be um, Philadelphia, San Francisco. It's going to be Kansas City and Cincinnati. So your number four team is still left in the NFL this week is? Kansas City Chiefs. Uh and yeah, they they had a tough outing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you know, Kansas City is still dangerous, even with that Mahomes ankle injury, which is something to watch very closely. All but right. they're a seasoned post, uh, they're a seasoned playoff veteran team. Uh, but uh, right now, and I'll be honest with you, Jordy, I think the NFC Championship game is going to be a lot closer uh, and a lot more tightly contested than this AFC game is. All right, number three this week is. Wow, this is tough. I'm splitting <laughs> hairs here. Really tough. I'm by the by so narrow. I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Uh, Let me ask you this. Fr- if the game was going to be played in San Francisco, would you have flip-flopped these two teams? Uh, yeah, I, I think I would. Okay. Uh, and you know, listen, this is no disrespect to Brock Purdy, but this is also one of the reasons why I list San Francisco at number three. Brock looked a little bit like a look, rookie quarterback at times against Dallas. Uh, okay. you know, and I, I think that that's one area as well as he has played. And he, he rebounded re- very well against a good Cowboys defense. Um I just think that that's one area where the Philadelphia Eagles can take advantage of San Francisco in this game. Uh, but I, I'm not sure about that either. Uh, flip, flip a coin in, in this NFC championship game because San Francisco's loaded, baby. Number two this week is Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh, fly, uh, and Eagles they, fly. And, you know, it, it, and give the Giants credit for punching above their weight class all year. But New York just got ran out of the building by yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that buy did exactly what I thought it would for the Eagles' health. Uh, yeah, and they looked like they were firing on all cylinders again. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, J- Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts looks healthy. That defense is playing with a lot of confidence for the Eagles. Uh, yeah, now I will say this. Philadelphia has looked when Philadelphia has been vulnerable this season. It's been against the run, and we know San Francisco can run the football. Again, I think that I'm splitting hairs between two. If you if you if I'd have thought you'd have let me get away with two A and two B, I'd have done it. Okay, uh, but I, I'll go with Philly at number two. Nah, we don't do A's and B's and all that stuff. No, and of course you got Cincy at number one. Very impressive in the snow yeah. on the road. Um, with their win over Buffalo, let's get into let's get into that game, Bob. Cincinnati at Sanford at uh, at Kansas City. Burrow's beat Mahomes three straight times. They're the team that got to the Super Bowl a year ago. Is there 
the coolest thing I saw was that that warm up throw from Burrow where he threw it down the left sideline and just did a little pirouette like I know where it's going. It's going to be right on target. He is so cool. He is so good. I just can't bet against the guy. But how much of a factor is the Mahomes high ankle? Uh, it's a big factor because one of the, you know, a big part of Matt Patrick Mahomes' game is his legs. Uh, you know, he's not a running quarterback like Jalen Hurts or like Lamar Jackson. Right. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes is extremely mobile, and the uh, the magician like plays that he makes that these announcers you know fall all over themselves to praise week in and week out. It's because of his legs. <clears throat> We're going to see what if Pat, if Patrick's going to play. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, you know how effective he is going to be. Uh, you know, the, the, the ankle is not on his plant foot. So, you know, when he, if he's given protection, uh, you know, he should be able to deliver the ball uh, pretty close to normal from the pocket. Uh, but you know, it's that, it's that drop back foot, uh, you know, when, when he completes his drop back, how stable is it going to be? How strong is his setup and delivery, uh, uh, the first portion of his delivery going to be? And of course, when Cincinnati pressures him and they're going to, how, uh, how much of his escapability will he have? This is a huge factor. Since a real good defense, real good defensive coordinator, um, can you just do me one favor, Cincinnati? I don't know why more teams don't do it. How how does Travis Kelsey get open all the? He's the best tight end I've ever seen. Yeah. I know Gonzalez. I know Gronk. He's the best <laughs> tight end I have ever seen. Gets open all the time. Makes every catch. I don't. I don't know why teams can't figure out a way to stop him. Shut him down. I me either, and I agree with you. And I'm a Shannon Sharp guy, you know, through and through. But you know, Travis Kelsey is the best pure tight end to ever play the game. Uh, you know, and it is hard. You know, it, it's a little bit different when you're talking about a wide receiver. Even you know, even though with a wideout you can move around the formation, you could still use a guy, you know, use a top coverage guy like you know Saints do with Marshawn Lattimore to shadow that guy a little bit. Travis comes off of the line of scrimmage. He's not a bulked up wide receiver where the, you know, he comes out of the slot all the time, although he does that very well too. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just so hard. Uh, you know, he, he, he navigates through traffic like an absolute master. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, we talked about Mahomes being a magician, like, you know, like magic, Kelsey just appears wide open time after time, after time. Like you said, uh, you know, Cincinnati's got some athletic linebackers, uh, but you got to believe that Von Bell and or Jesse Bates has got to play a big role in at least containing Travis Kelsey on uh, on Sunday. You mentioned Shannon Sharp. What's he doing getting into a brouhaha at a Lakers game? What what, what is that? Anyway, enough of that. That's just absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Um Offensive line of Cincinnati was supposed to be the big down down point, and they let three starters out. Man, that offensive line looked good to me against Buffalo, and Buffalo's got a better defense than Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, they sure do. Uh, but yeah, it's, there's one thing about Buffalo though. Since Von Miller has been out, uh, you know, over the last yeah, stretch that's of the true. season. They weren't able to pressure the quarterback yeah. as well as Kansas City can with Chris Jones, Frank Frank Clark, and that rookie from Purdue. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce right. his name. All right. uh, the key for, uh, for Kansas City is to get up early on the Bengals and make the Bengals throw, feel like they have to throw the football because you know, Joe Mixon is an extremely underrated running yes, back. Yes, he is. Uh, 
But if the Bengals feel like they have to throw down in and down out to keep pace with the Kansas City Chiefs, big advantage to the Chiefs pass rush there. And that could tip the scales. But outside of that, you know, like, like you said, I and I agree with you, uh, you know, the Cincinnati offensive line, who is not good and banged up, is playing uh, well above expectations. What does this game mean to Pat Mahomes if he loses again? Uh, it, it, it means a ton for sure. Uh, yeah, I think people will start to question, and you know, this means a lot to quarterbacks. It always has. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Who, who's number one? Who's number two? Who beats who in big games? Uh, you know, if, if Mahomes loses this one, he's now lost. Yeah, back to back years to Burrow. He's over. Uh, you know, against yeah. Burrow in his career, uh, you know, and yeah, you know, you know, Kansas City. I'm not going to say they're going to be viewed as a playoff failure, but definitely falling short of expectation. You know, since they won the Super Bowl, what, yeah, you know, two years ago now, uh, yeah, you know, people were crowning them as the next dynasty. Right. And yeah, you know, uh, then you lose in the AFC Championship game back to back years. People start to have second thoughts on that, and we're going to see you know, Burrows versus Mahomes versus Allen for years and years and years to come well the quarterbacks in the afc are so darn good so who do you like cincy going into arrowhead uh, i like cincinnati i'm keeping an eye on the weather it's supposed to be cold and windy uh yeah that that might play a little bit of a factor because kansas city is a little bit more used to those conditions than cincinnati um but I, I still I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals came out of this and won it by two or three scores like they did against Buffalo. Uh, you know, Cincinnati's rolling. They're playing with a ton of confidence and a little bit of chip on their shoulder. I know they're favored in Vegas this week, uh, but uh, don't think it goes unnoticed in that locker room that the entire national media is still talking about Patrick Mahomes this, Patrick Mahomes that, a lot more than Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow has a wonderful game, and Cincinnati comes out of this big. Bro, Saints News Network, you said earlier you think the NFC Championship game is going to be much closer. Um, I, I don't know what the over-under is. I'm going with the under because I like both of these defenses really a, a lot, a lot. But um, give me a key to this this ball game. The key is uh, the running game for both sides. Who could stop it better and who can perform better? Yeah, uh, yeah because uh, yeah, it, it, the thing I love about Philadelphia and San Francisco, they don't just run the ball down your throat. They figure out ways to get their running backs uh, you know, or running back slash receiver in Debo Samuel's case. They figure out a way to get him in space. Uh, you know, it, if you clog the tackles, that's fine. We got the athletes to beat you outside. If you spread your defense out, we're going to slam it right down your throat. Uh, you know, yet both, like you said, both defenses are tremendous among the best. San Francisco's is the best in the league. Uh, you know, and Philadelphia is certainly a top five unit. So, you know, it's whichever team can, uh, yeah, defense can stop the run and whichever team stays more committed to it. Uh, okay. Other than that, coaching Nick Sirianni, his first NFC championship game. Kyle Shanahan has been here, done that before, but in large part uh, hasn't performed well, uh, especially in second halves in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, which team gets the yips? You're talking about you know, Jalen Hurts, still a young guy. His yep. first appearance on the big stage. Brock Purdy, we know about. Is he going to continue his magic? Uh, yeah, and play, playmakers on both sides. I agree with you. I'd pick the under two, but there's a whole bunch of offensive playmakers that could make a big play or two that could tip the scales. Who meets Cincy in the Super Bowl? I'm going to go Philadelphia Eagles. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and, and again, I think you know, Purdy has showed to be a look, rookie seventh-round pick a little bit against Dallas. I think he, the Eagles, I'm not going to say exposes him, uh, but you're going on the road in such a hostile environment. I give Philadelphia a big, big advantage. Uh, yeah, I, Again, I, you couldn't pay me enough to place money on this game, but I think mm-hmm. Philadelphia is going to squeak it out. If you say the team that runs the ball better um... – I think Philly has more weapons to run because of yes. their quarterback rather than Brock Purdy, although I'm I'm a Purdy fan. We shall see Cincy versus Philly in the Super Bowl. We'll see if that holds true. Bob Rose, Saints News Network, as always. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend, uh, for not only everything you do for me, but the entire uh, New Orleans sporting community. A pleasure, as always, to be part of your show every week. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than some cheap plastic beads this Mardi Gras. That's right. You could score a $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app open the app and click on the mardi gras moolah tab and you're on your way to winning a 500 visa gift card it's the game's mardi gras moolah sweepstakes download the app win money it's just that simple and it's all from the game southwest louisiana's sports station sign up right now for the game rewards club at 1037 thegamecom so you can score tickets gift certificates and more this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, a fun day was had by all, I hope. Um, special thanks to all of our guests today. John Brady uh, in Fayetteville, Arkansas, LSU versus the Razorbacks tonight. Uh, 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock tip. Uh, Ali Cassell from At The Bird writes, the Pels trying to right the ship. They got to take on the Denver Nuggets tonight, the best team in the uh, NBA Western Conference. The Pels are in fourth, seven games out of first. That's the start of a three-game homestand, so they've got uh, Denver tonight, Minnesota tomorrow. The good news is it looks like Brandon Ingram uh, will be back and probably will play tomorrow against the T-Wolves. So keep an eye on that. And Bob Rose of the Saints News Network with all the latest on um, the NFL, Sean Payton and um, these these championship conference championship games. Um, these teams, there are no flukes in this thing. Uh, we've got 15 win teams. You've got uh, Cincinnati with 14 wins. Uh, these are no flukes. This isn't like the the New York Giants who started off bad years ago and got on a roll and worked their way through it. And uh, no, these teams are legit, totally legit. Uh, the four best teams in football. I don't think there's any question or any doubt about it. So um, these games ought to be good. They're well coached. Um, you've got high level quarterback play uh, with Cincy with. Uh, Kansas City with Philadelphia. You got a young, up-and-coming uh, guy that um, hasn't lost, Mr. Irrelevant, who hasn't blinked. Um, maybe he wasn't that great against Dallas, but he sure um, he sure has led them. 
Uh, he doesn't make the big mistakes, and he is uh, he goes off script a little bit now. It's not just the system quarterback. So this ought to be some really, really good football games. If today is your birthday, January 24th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Did you know Neil Diamond is 82 years young today, still singing, 82. Uh, she was on the, the Wheaties box, that smile, that, uh, that Olympic – Darling, Mary Lou Retton is 55 years old today. Um, from LSU, uh, 2011, All-American offensive lineman and a good dude, friend of our program, Will Blackwell, is 34 years old tonight. And, oh, what a birthday present it would be if the Pels can beat the Denver Nuggets tonight because Najee Marshall is 25 years young today. That would be so sweet, so sweet, so sweet. Um, so uh, happy birthday. If it's your anniversary, man, happy anniversary. Hope you keep adding year and year and year to it. And again, Chuck Wood, our boss, um, come the end of February, is going to uh, sail off into the sunset. Uh, happy retirement to you, Chuck. Well-earned, well-deserved. Uh, thank you for all you've done for, for me for Delta Media, for the game, cannot thank you enough. No one deserves to uh, go out in style like you do. Tomorrow um, is Wednesday. That means Michael Huguenin will be here. It'll be a hump day with Huguenin situation. We will recap LSU versus Arkansas. We'll recap the Pels versus the Nuggets. We'll see what's going on with Sean Payton. Much more on the NFL uh Conference championship games, it's all coming down the pipeline for you tomorrow. Don't forget our hotline's always open at 337-706-0111. Until tomorrow, then, I am Jordy Holtberg. I hope uh, you have a safe afternoon. Remember, bad weather coming in shortly, so be careful. But uh, stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Health is everything. Let's be kind to one another, and let's all be happy. Coming up next, Crunch Time with Miguel and Mesh. They'll take you from 4 to 6. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And thank you for tuning in for us. See you next time.